dear listener. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York. Still can't improvise because we're still hip deep in the coronavirus. So uh, wear your mask, you motherfucker, you. Joining me today, as every wonderful day, the sorceress of the beeps, the poops, the buttons, and uh, basically my right hand, the Alabama enforcer, Miss Chelsea Bennington. Hello, hello, Chelsea. Hello, yes, hello. How's everything going today? Good. Uh, I've had two cups of coffee so far, soon to have a third. Um, on so a Saturday? On a Saturday, yeah. Wow. I'm, a, I'm a tired woman. <laughs> uh, you, you've been working hard from home throughout all of this, and I have not, but that's okay. Well, I would call some of the movies that you watch um, emotional and mental labor some of them were some of them i mean you had to watch mean girls that's work you should have been paid compared to to (laughs) some like uh ring of fury oh i forgot about your your disappointment and hatred of ring of fury that that. that, no that was that was more disappointed dead beat by dawn yeah holocaust But most recently, uh, thanks to a movie discussion club that Chelsea and I are part of together, four weddings and a funeral. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes I feel like we pick those movies because the picture of you watching four weddings and a funeral, just like sitting there watching it, you choosing to watch that the way you look. <laughs> that movie took years off my life, and I'm not talking about the shitty ones at the end. No, no, it, it, it does take, I mean, Hugh Grant in a two and a half hour long movie can do that to you. He can. I don't think really. it was that long. It just felt longer. Oh, I thought it was. Be- be- it felt longer. Beautiful lady had to lie down on the floor afterwards. And she's like, I'm not real. I know. I think, I, I can't remember. I think she sent it to me and I was so happy she did. It was a gift from Lilo and Stitch, that Disney that was, that, alien that was movie. Her. And she was like, this is me after four weddings and a funeral. And I was like, that would work in real life if you actually did just attend four weddings and a funeral. And it works with a movie title. Either way, having to lie down. To quote Al Bundy, that's five of the same thing, really. Oh, my God. Married with children. Yeah. I loved that show. It's a classic. That's not why we're here today. No, not that classic. We are here for another classic, a very special tutorial episode where the subject being tutored is our one and only uh, pride and joy, Chelsea Bennington. Yes. This episode came about last year, wasn't it? Uh, The group of us got together. We watched Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters. Uh, which I always have a problem with because I like to consider Godzilla to be female, but what the fuck? And afterwards, you're like, this is the first Godzilla movie I ever seen. And I went, wow. Well, okay. <laughs> so yeah. let's get you started someplace else. There was, of course, the prequel to that, the 2014 Godzilla. But let's, let's go back even further to the first of the bunch, my favorite of the bunch, the Gojira of 1954. Yeah, that was, I was so excited to watch that because, you know, 
just like you said, this started last year when I, as I do, invited myself to a movie that I have never shown interest in seeing before and being like, you guys are going to see Godzilla? Cool, I'll come. And, okay, what, uh, <laughs> what, 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 what weren't you interested in Godzilla prior to this? I, I don't really have like a concrete reason. I think when it came to monster movies in general, as a kid, I, I never really watched them. I remembered, and I know this is, you know, not to be spoken of, um, as I've heard, but the, no, 1998, the 1998 Godzilla, the one with Matthew Broderick, I think it was 98, 97, it 98. Was, it frequently referred to as the 1998 Abomination, but go yes. on. <laughs> so I, I remember that would be on like TNT and TBS all the time, and it was never one that I watched start to finish. It was definitely like, you know, if it was on TV while we were cleaning or doing something or my sister was watching it so I'd seen bits and pieces and I I just never I, I was just not interested in it as a kid nobody around me was really interested in Godzilla or movies like um movies like that and uh as I got older and then Pacific Rim came out and I at first, wasn't sure if I wanted to see Pacific Rim, but then when I saw that Del Toro directed it and it was in the peak of my Charlie Hunnam love, I was like, oh, okay, I need to go see this movie, um, see what it's all about. And I became obsessed immediately after watching Pacific Rim, not so much its sequel, unfortunately, but, um, but I loved Pacific Rim, bought the DVD right when it came out. I made my sister watch it. I made my mom watch it. It was just one of those that I was like, this is such a fun movie. This is everything I want in a popcorn movie. It's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, for a few years, I, I loved Pacific Rim. The 2014 Godzilla came out. I just, you know, I, I had a lot of friends that went and saw it, but um, I, it came out in 2014. That was when I graduated college. and. I just didn't see a lot of movies that year. And um, I remember when you guys were talking about seeing Godzilla and I saw how much, you know, you loved the Godzilla uh, franchise and like the mythology of it. And our friend Chris loved it. Um, Jen loved it. I was intrigued because I thought, well, I loved Pacific Rim. So I obviously have some interest. There's something there with monster movies that are fun monster movies that I love that have like the, that pull at your heartstrings a little bit too, um, even if it's in a cliche way. And so after seeing Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters um, or King of the Monsters, I adored that movie. I appreciate that it was made in a way where I didn't have to see the 2014 one to understand it. I was never really confused when watching it. Mm -hmm. There was enough like, there was just enough of a foundation that was laid out that that is one of the good things about the Godzillas. You can really start anywhere, and you know, it's like, okay, big fucking lizard's gonna come out and bust your ass, and yeah, and and, and bust the city's ass and fight these other kaiju, and you're really on and popping and waiting for it. Yeah, and so when I when I first started uh, the 1954 Godzilla, I. <laughs> I immediately knew I was going to have fun because the Godzilla theme started at the main titles. Mm -hmm. And I remembered you at the theater at King of the Monsters starting to dance when the Godzilla title started. Uh, and, I, I, I love that score so much. Such uh, a great score. Yeah. Just, uh, there's an excitement 
to that orchestral arrangement as I get it's it's like the Jaws theme but fun yeah to oh me. yeah exactly it's like a it's like a adventurous version of you know the Jaws theme without yeah. all the dread mm-hmm. um, and, then, and then you have like the militaristic version later mm-hmm. the, the, the militaristic numbers plus that that choir like uh in the last third of the movie singing about uh, all the people lost as got as Gojira, you know, took out Tokyo. Um, but yeah, what 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 were some of your other thoughts on this first viewing? Of so this first viewing, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start it with what we're already talking about, which is the score, because that's actually one of the first things that I really loved about the movie, and I was impressed with. Um, I loved the score. Uh, leading up to when Godzilla, you know, was destroying the buildings and you hear the, the stomping. The stomping made me think of Jurassic Park and I love that. I love that in movies where you don't see it, but you feel it and you mm-hmm. hear it. And I can see where, you know, Jurassic Park may have gotten that from now. Um, it's such a great, such a great uh, anticipation. Like you're, you're just ready to see it. And um, the score at the the score at the very end um, when, you know, just jumping to the end for a second, just because I'm talking about the score, when he sacrifices himself to destroy Godzilla and the monologue about if we continue nuclear testing, I'm afraid we're going to unleash more Godzillas or more monsters like Godzilla. And that for the era that it was made, for it being 1954, that's such a wonderful monologue that I would have loved to talk to someone who watched it in 1954 and all of those callbacks. Like I remember uh, when I was reading about the trivia, just how the citizens were reacting. It was just very similar to the war footage from World War II. One scene that really got me and I actually started tearing up it's such a, I don't want to call it a throwaway scene, but it's a small scene where the mother's like, we're going to be yes. with daddy soon. Yeah, and I that, was just like. That scene breaks me every fucking right? Because it's the most horror themed of the, the Godzilla franchise. Of I the would agree I've with seen. what I've seen. With uh, what I've seen, yes. Because you're dealing with the real fear of post Hiroshima, post Nagasaki. That, that traumatized the survivors of that nation so then you know dealing with all the fears of radiation uh, yeah like, okay you can't use this fucking water because you know big lizard just irradiated the shit out of this place this well you're fucked um and and that leaves its mark on the citizens but then with the rampage and buildings being destroyed, the atomic breath burning shit down and yeah that mother holding her kids and crying we'll be with daddy soon it's like that it it tapped in to a trauma so deeply that it overshadowed basically a guy in a rubber suit destroying a shit ton of models and comparing that to the 1998 abomination with all its cgi Mm. that got the Godzilla in the rubber suit looks so much better than a no, CGI fish-eating lizard of ridiculousness. That's actually, that's a good point. Another one that I want to bring up is, you know, guy in a rubber suit, you know, easily tackling these like mock buildings and everything. 
I think the movie did such a wonderful job setting up the storyline, the characters, um, the romance that was going on. All mm -hmm. of these different things were set up so well and the emotions and the stakes were there that I would never think about the fact that it's obviously a guy in a rubber suit. I, I was just so... I, I was just so enamored by it and involved in the movie that I was never thinking about, huh, look at that. Look, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about the gimmicks there. And even, even watching him destroy the city, they, it did such a wonderful job cutting back to the terrified citizens, whether it be in like that subway or, you know, the mother crying or anything like that, that I mean, good God, they found a lot of great actors for this movie mm -hmm. that it made the the stakes and everything so real. I was just, what was I expecting? I don't know. I feel like I was just expecting a really fun, I, I, I guess like a really fun, not lighthearted, but, you know, adventurous monster movie. And what I got was so much more that, you know, I hate that I haven't watched it earlier, but I appreciate that I've watched it now. And it was just, it was so good. And I just want to go back and I, I want to read, because um, I'm sure there's accounts of people watching it and com and comparing it during that time to what was happening with like Hiroshima and other things that you mentioned and just seeing like, was this a cathartic experience for them? Was this, you know, it, it's, it's so interesting and I can't get that last monologue out of my head. Yeah, it was by, just so good. By, by, uh... Takashi Shimura, who played mm -hmm. Dr. Yamane. He was also, like, I knew him previously from being in The Seven Samurai, so seeing mm. him again, it's like, oh, they, 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 they got a big fucking gun to, you know, play the human, which a lot of times is the least interesting part of the Godzillas, but, you know, here you're, you're, you're paving the road, and Clearly, it must have been a huge hit in Japan, the fact that the franchise is still going strong. And yeah, I read that it was like... with Toho Studios. I read that it was like 11% of uh, Japan saw it. Maybe that's wrong. But either way, it was... Um, it did better in Japan than they anticipated. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even think a monster movie in Japan would do well. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. I just... Yeah, I, I loved I loved the movie. I loved the, you know, and I don't know who to credit for this, whether it's the roar sound they made or the guy in the rubber suit or the or the rubber suit itself, but you could definitely see disoriented soldier within mm -hmm. Godzilla. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, it, it, that's what I that's what I got from it. Like it was just almost it, it, it was obviously, a, to me, it was a traumatic experience for Godzilla as well, which I think everybody can agree with. But there was just something about it where even in the beginning, causing this wreckage, to me, it didn't feel like, oh, I just want to just destroy everything because I can. It's almost just a disorientation and confusion. And like, they woke him up in such a violent way like he has burn marks on his back and um yeah i, I i'm trying to i'm trying to think of think of my words <laughs> no, i love that because yeah. I, I i'd never heard that theory before that gojira may be shell-shocked at 
as well due to the war. That is fucking fascinating. Yeah, that's and, that's what I got from it. I wasn't sure if I was reading too much into the war um, commentary well, in the film, but that's just the vibe I was getting. I'm Next time I watch it, I'm going to watch it again with that kind of lens on it because yeah because because if if you take the idea that hurt people hurt people um it would make sense that uh hurt giant irradiated lizards uh also hurt people as a result of mm -hmm. the shared trauma huh Wonder. yeah that's what no i'm glad i'm nice glad one I, chelsea oh, thank you <laughs> i need to i need to do tutorials more often what can yeah. i find in films but uh yeah that's what that's what i was getting from it just like you said hurt people hurt people and you know this is a little bit of a reach but you also think about when soldiers come back and how traumatized they are from it whether it be ptsd or whether it be shell shot whether something and a lot of them do have almost involuntary violent reactions mm -hmm. they almost black out during it um so that's what i was that's what i was getting from it and i don't know if it was intentional or unintentional part of me feels like it was intentional just because it was already such a huge commentary um yeah it's so that's what made it so fascinating to me and that's why i, I mean it was already fascinating to me but it made me think like okay this is this is a good film. This is just a good fucking film. It was, yeah. it, I loved it's, it. It, it. It's great. And it's set, uh, like, after King Kong, it was the next uh, big kaiju character that, you know, is known fucking globally. Yeah, I read that it has 35 sequels because of all of the all of the films people make, like Godzilla versus whatever. And I saw, so the reason I went on, HBO Max the other day was because um, I, I saw that it had several Godzilla movies and I was like oh I just I'm curious yeah. to see what they have. They've got uh, access to the Criterion Collection on HBO Max. Mm. Uh, not to give a free advertisement to HBO Max, uh, <laughs> but I just want to say make yourself available on Roku, please. Thank you. Please, uh, honestly. Moving on. Um, but anyway, so but I yeah, that Criterion last year, I think it was, put out, I think, the first 15 Godzilla films available. So they're all there. And um, I made my way slowly through some. I had seen a couple. Uh, the first sequel, Godzilla Raids Again, reads very much like Jaws and very much like the current pandemic of people like, looking at this big catastrophe happening and you go like uh, they're like oh but it's gonna where are we gonna get our fish now it's like really that's your concern <laughs> but yeah in it. that dvd that i lent you there's also <laughs> uh godzilla king of monsters with uh i forget if it's orson wells or raymond burr one of those oh, i want to say uh, raymond burr but i'm right. not sure and basically all yeah. they do is they add they just edit him in asking what did he say because he doesn't speak Japanese. So you could skip that one, and I'm glad you did. That's funny. Um, I didn't know that it was that... Um, it's, it's the same movie, pretty much. That's hilarious. Which, which, just adding a Caucasian in it. Thanks, Hollywood. <laughs> America. <laughs> They're like, we need somebody saying, what did he say? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and over the years, the iteration of the popularity of Godzilla 
who I like to refer to as she, and I'll get into that story in a bit. Um, uh, she went from being the villain and the antagonist to eventually becoming the heroine and fighting and vanquishing all of these other kaiju and eventually bringing a protector. Uh, so before we get into the next movie we saw, I want to talk about Son of Godzilla very briefly. Uh, Son of Godzilla Manila, very cute, cuter than Baby Yoda. I don't know why Baby Yoda gets more hype, but fuck y'all. <laughs> Manila was, had been around since the 60s, blowing hot fire. But it was in, this would have been 2004 at Film Forum. Okay. Uh, they were doing a Gojira retrospective, all of the films. And we went to see a couple. This story involves our friend Chris. And one of the ones we want to see was Son of Godzilla. And there's a little synopsis. Exactly. Yeah. So cute. Very oh, much Manila. cute. Yes. Oh, my God. I want a baby Manila. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. So, so that could be the one you could watch after on HBO Max. But, I yeah, there's a, they, they had a synopsis of every film, like, on this giant poster board mm -hmm. that they made up. And you can see one. So we're reading the thing. And it, talk, it gives the description of, son of godzilla and then at the end of you know what's going on like you know this egg hatches out comes manila and it poses the question but where is godzilla's mother and i just said well how do we know godzilla isn't female and chris lost his shit but just getting very and and, and and you've seen him very I have. angry like no no it's just it's just not but i'm i i was raised by a cuban father so you put the a at the end of something and not to disrespect our latinx uh kin out there at that time i'm like there's an a at the end it's gotta be female like did you check chris i know i didn't check so let's not assume so ever since then, I am poking the bear, or in this case, perhaps a tail swipe, in referring to Godzilla at female. Maybe non-binary. I've not sat and talked to Godzilla. They'll let me know what their pronoun is, and I will use it and be respectful. Exactly. Godzilla deserves respect. And actually, side note, the tail swipe mm -hmm. is so reminiscent to whenever I'm on a Zoom call and Tonks's tail smacks me in the face. It's very right much a god. It's very much a Godzilla tail swipe. When I was watching it, as as intrigued and as enamored as I was by the movie, I was like, oh, Tonks does that. <laughs> like every time a tail swipe would happen, I was well, like, let's, let's be honest. If you had a tail, wouldn't you be hitting things with it? Yeah, probably. I know I would. I, th I would for sure. I mean, Maybe I'd not hope, intentionally. I'd hope I'd have a prehensile one so I could hang upside down from stuff. But that just lets all of our listeners know that I think about weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> But no, thank you for that note about Son of Godzilla. I am mm -hmm. going to watch that one. Yeah, so later films, and like when any franchise, you have your good uh, chapters, your bad chapters. Uh, it became very kid-oriented. The eyes of the, the rubber suit changed and got wider and kind of friendlier looking so that kids can come out and like think of Godzilla as a heroine just beating the shit out of other big monsters and a protector. And now let's fast forward a bit to 2014 when America takes another shot at Godzilla. Because they tried before. I remember in 85, there was a movie aptly titled Godzilla 1985, which tried to <laughs> be another American version and keep it going. And I, I don't know if I ever sat and watched it, but you know, 
and it may have had either Raymond Burr or Orson Welles, whichever one was in King of Monsters, back again talking about, well, it's the 80s, and now there's a Godzilla. But I think there was also a King Kong at that time, just rehashing. There was an 80s stuff. King Kong. Yeah, yeah. with Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I saw it a very long time ago on TV, but I remember there being an 80s King Kong. But, but in 2014, we got the biggest Godzilla ever so fucking big with that cgi no so so what did you think of that i liked it um i mean of the three that i've watched it, if i had to rank them it would be number three but that's nothing against the movie it's just mm -hmm. i enjoyed 1954 godzilla a lot more and king of uh godzilla king of monsters i i just love that movie but um mm -hmm. it was still very solid I love Brian Cranston, so I was excited to watch him in it. Um, it gave me all the cliche family tropes I could want in mm -hmm. um, a monster disaster action movie. Acting, um, acting his ass off as Cranston do when oh he had, yeah. to, like, Part of when he had like, to shut that door and his wife hasn't gotten out yet. Man. And that then like, like almost immediately later, she makes it. Yeah, if, if I, he, that was... But that that's the choice. Like, you know, he, if he'd have waited one more second, how many more would have died? So that that's what he had to live with and get haunted by for the rest of his days in that film. And 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 it was it <laughs> just 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 is what is Brian Cranston bad in? I mean, I admit freely I never saw Malcolm. Oh, he was hilarious in Malcolm in the Middle. But everything that I've seen him from, starting with Breaking Bad to uh, Sneaky Pete, even that movie, The Intruder, or uh, the movie version of him playing Lyndon Johnson, like that guy I've not seen, has not disappointed me ever. Yeah, he's never disappointed me. I remember him in um, Malcolm in the Middle. Um, and he was really funny. I never watched Malcolm in the Middle regularly, but it's definitely one of those sitcoms that was in syndication on in syndication forever. Mm -hmm. um, so I would watch episodes here and there, and I thought he was really funny. And Breaking Bad, I've seen a couple of episodes just offhand. And then I, I and I mentioned this to you er, uh, yesterday. I, I saw him on Broadway and Network, and he was just one of the best. He's one of the best actors alive right now. Um, so it was it was fun to see him in this. And uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. I um, just trying to, with, with this one, I just didn't feel as, uh, I, I didn't have as strong as, of feelings as I did with 1954. Maybe it was watching them back to back. Um, that, well, I didn't watch them back to back. It was like, I watched one one day and the other one mm -hmm. the next. Um, I liked the whole setup with Godzilla starting to become more of a protector in a mm -hmm. way. Um, and I liked, I liked Aaron Taylor Johnson's character a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a really good, a really good setup to the 2019 one. And did it do well in theaters? I mean, I imagine it did since yeah. we got a sequel. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and it kind of started the idea of the, Godzilla universe. Oh, the whole that, mythology there. That, the that, other that they're going to tie the cinematic universe 
for America. Did you watch Kong Skull Island at any point? Uh, that's the one with Brie Larson. No, no, yeah. I have not seen it. But is that the same universe? Yeah, there's a post credit scene that ties it together. And this winter, Kong vs. Godzilla was supposed to come out. And I believe, much like most other films, that's been pushed back. Thanks, Rona. But that's that's okay. We'll get to it. It'll be there. It's it's there when we're ready. Um, what was I going to say uh, in regards to this Godzilla? I think in in this case, the equivalent of the we'll be with daddy soon scene was all the water retracting, being displaced from Godzilla, which could give uh, people memories of the, the various tsunamis that uh, people have been caught in and that have been devastating. And it's like, well, what do you do when you encounter that? Much like Godzilla, you do nothing. Yeah. It, yeah, I could see it. I could see it being very reminiscent to that. Um, and that's another thing the movie had going for it was obviously special effects have gone a significantly long way uh, mm -hmm. since it came or since, you know, the original came out. And um, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not one that I would probably revisit often like I'd probably I'd probably watch it again just um as I continue getting more and more into that universe I would watch it again especially whenever I watch Kong Skull Island is that streaming anyway um I've got the DVD over here I can lend it to you oh, okay there we go perfect we get together in person uh with masks on and I'll be wearing gloves because you know I care about the safety of the people around me you can just like slide the DVD to me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> that was funnier in my head than it was out loud. Um, <laughs> hey, you gotta flex those improv muscles. You do. That was for some reason. On stage right now. For some reason, um, I thought that was hilarious in my head, and then I said it out loud, and I was like, "That was just a statement. That that wasn't funny." <laughs> That's okay. all right. I still love you. Uh, what did you think about uh, Elizabeth Olsen in the movie? I adore Elizabeth Olsen, and mm -hmm. I would have loved her in it even more. Um, I really liked her in it. I She still looks like a kid to me, so sometimes it's hard to watch her as like a wife and a mom type of character, and it's like, oh yeah, you're not 18. Um, but I think their characters are younger anyway, so it made sense. See, for me, them both playing uh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers movies, I'm like, okay, so last, time I saw, last time I, I saw you, you were siblings, and now oh. you're kissing on each other. I forgot they were siblings in, in the Avengers film. Well, you've not watched a lot of the Marvel movies. I have not, none of the ones that they're in, but I, I know she okay. plays the, the Scarlet Witch, Yes. And he's, and he's a guy with blonde hair. Uh, a gray, whitish kind of grayish. Yeah. It was like a, it was a cool toned mm -hmm. hair. That's mm -hmm. that's what I got. Yeah. Any thoughts creepy? on? Yes. Did they have creepy incest vibes in the Avengers films? Uh, not creepy incest. I would say no. European, certainly. Mm. <laughs> Which to Americans may be interpreted as creepy incest, but you know, hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I uh, mean, any, any thoughts on Ken Watanabe in the movie? 
I love him so much. I he was is, so excited that he was in this one too. I was very like, much yes. so. <laughs> he, he's there. He's given the lowdown, the information on Gojira. He's 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 got all of it at hand, and then he's like, you know what? Let them fight, and that's lets us know in the audience. And I loved seeing that in the theater. That's like, okay, they're fighting Godzilla's against these two other kaiju, and it looks like she's on the rope. She's not going to win. And then the blue starts up, up the tail and out her fucking mouth, and it's on and popping. Especially that last one when she pulled the kaiju's mouth open and blasted right down its throat with the atomic breath. It's like, take that motherfucker. I know this this movie had brilliant brilliant fight scenes it, mm-hmm. and it was reminiscent to like Pacific Rim for me in that way I mean that's why I loved King of the Monsters too um I thought yeah I love him in this movie because I, I forgot that he would be in it because of the 2019 movie I just d- didn't put two and two together and mm-hmm. I was like oh my god you should be in every movie ever and always playing this guy <laughs> <laughs> Funny story about uh, Ken Watanabe. I worked a day on a movie of his called Bel Canto, just running the air conditioning. And, and he's just so personable. He like comes out of the scene uh, that he just did and they're taking a little break, turning the camera around. And he does like just a little pirouette in front of the crew and he's all smiling. Um, and then at one point later on, they're doing a scene where he and an actress have to go through a doorway and walk down a hall and here's where the the production got a little bit crazy someone decided they didn't like the door he was walking through oh my so god the ki- door i never put those two together that that's the same story sorry go ahead yeah. so so the the they decided they wanted a different door they found a different door they wanted us to remove the original door replace it with the new door but do it quietly, which is impossible with screw guns. And the hinges don't fit. So the door doesn't completely close. So they need someone after Ken Watanabe walks through to close the door. So in this movie, Bel Canto, I play the door as I'm closing it after he walks through, take after take after take. And at one point, like, you know, I've got a bottle of water in my pocket. We're waiting for the director to yell action. I take a sip and Ken looks at me and goes, that's just water, right? And I'm like, yeah, Ken, it's just water. It ain't that kind of Monday. Not that I drank anyway, but me <laughs> from that point forward, I decided me and Ken Watanabe, we're bros. I think y'all are bros. That's a bro <laughs> moment, honestly. So he, he's, he's great in my book ever since. So besides Son of Godzilla and, and Kong, King of Monsters, and, and just your perusing what's available with HBO Max. Are there any other ones that you might want to check out? Um, I'm very interested in like the the whole Godzilla versus whatever would mm-hmm. that seem to be a trend for a while. Is there do you have any certain ones when it does come to the Godzilla versus blank <laughs> that you that you recommend? Just recently um I watched Godzilla Raids again. 
for the first time. And like I mentioned, that's the one where uh, I guess the, the Japanese equivalent of Karens are worrying too much about where they're going to get fish as opposed to the <laughs> impending disaster. I love this fish um, I, I intend to watch more of the ones with Mothra because Mothra is a very striking uh beautiful beautiful character oh my god i was obsessed with mothra and and and, uh definitely watch son of godzilla i think you'll have uh an insane amount of fun with that and i've got another dvd i'm gonna lend you because this one came out in 04 uh, to commemorate the 50th anniversary it's called godzilla final wars spoiler alert not the final war, the final but war. are it, they ever? <laughs> but it had every single monster from every single Godzilla film Ooh. in it, at least making an appearance. So you've got Manila, you've got monster. You even have the '98 Abomination in the movie, and there's a deliberate commentary on how shitty it is. So with the 98 Godzilla, was that like a direct remake just taking place in America? No, I don't even know what the plot is, actually. (laughs) I saw it and I was disappointed and and I repressed a lot of it. Um, No, it's it's just another poor attempt to kick this franchise up in America and that Godzilla shows up in New York. I mean, it plays to the female part and that it lays eggs in Madison Square Garden, but it's supposed to be so big that it has a hard time going through the skyscrapers, yet it can move through subway tunnels very easily. It's it's horribly disjointed and awful. I know there's a how did this get made episode about it that might be able to answer your questions a lot better than I could because like I said just seeing that in the theater in 98 I just went "Uh, no give me the guy give me the guy in the rubber suit kicking over models do you know what the guy directed right before that that was Roland Emmerich who directed Independence Day one of your favorite movies and he actually put like Siskel and Ebert lookalikes in Godzilla to get stepped on for slamming his previous films. Oh my God, what a petty, petty man. Oh my goodness. But, um, but yeah, I, I am very interested in the mythology of it now. Um, I, I just loved the 1954 one so much. That's the one my brain keeps going back to. I just mm-hmm. enjoy, I knew I was gonna enjoy it. But again, like finding that uh, disoriented soldier feel to it, feeling so many emotions just from the extras um, and the score, it was just, wow. I, I, I can see why it's um, stood the test of time, basically. And uh, I'm curious, when did you first watch it? Was that the, my questions are, when did you first watch it? Uh, was it the first Godzilla movie you watched and were you immediately into it? Uh, it was not the first one I watched. I don't remember the first one I watched because growing up in New York, uh, different channels would show different movies. So whichever first Godzilla I saw was in color and it was just 
wait for Godzilla to smash some shit uh. and fight some other kaiju and be fine. The first time I saw Gojira was at Film Forum in 04. Oh. Uh, during that retrospective because it's like, all right, let's 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 see where it started. And in that, uh, we saw three films, not all on the same day, but we saw Gojira, uh, Son of Godzilla, and Destroy All Monsters, which is another one that has like a lot. I think it, it I could be wrong, but it might be the one where they introduce Monster Island, where they're all kind of living together similar to what you see at the end of king of the monsters where like they're all kind of bending the knee to gojira uh, where like they're not quite living in peace but they're not emerging from the sea to wreck the nearby city so it's a little more contained and less collateral damage but you know watching uh gojira in 04 i'm like that's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and and I've I've picked up a couple here and there. Uh, I watched a couple others uh, during the quarantine, like uh, Tokyo SOS, and like I said, Final Wars, uh, and you know just whatever is around. And now with HBO Max, I can throw a couple more into the mix and see what there is to see. So like now, like I said, I'll look for the Shell Shock Soldier in there. And if you have any thoughts on what gender uh, Godzilla might be, you'll let me know. Yeah, I'm curious. Now I, now I do want to watch with that perspective because I feel like in 2019, that one could have mm-hmm. easily been a female monster. I, mm-hmm. There's just something about the way that, uh, the way Godzilla was represented in King of the Monsters that was, I don't know how to explain why it was maternal to me. but it, If it nothing felt, else, yeah. if it just pisses off a mutual friend of ours and makes him all sandy, then that's, that's a reason yeah. to keep that going. And we can keep like providing our own evidence on why we think this mm-hmm. and keep mm-hmm. it going and just make him even angrier. And it'll be uh, fun. Yeah, I don't know. Look at that. That, that Godzilla is sexy as a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and one, one side note, since I rewatched uh, the 2019 one, there's something about Vera Farmiga's character that makes me think of Saffron Burroughs in Deep Blue Sea. That makes sense. Doesn't it? That makes, yeah. And, and considering how much we love that movie, even though we admit it's not great. It's not but great. Yeah, that, that, that she has this kind of righteousness which makes every villain uh better in our eyes like she doesn't Mm -hmm. believe she's the villain but in actuality she's proven correct saffron burrows her even though she bent the rules of her experiment it Mm -hmm. did work and could have led to a cure for alzheimer's the same with this in 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 awakening all these titans like uh, it, it, it brought balance back to the world, like as seen in the uh, all the newspaper clips during the ending credits on the improvements the Titans are bringing to Earth, and mm-hmm. how I really wish we could have some of that now. Yeah, and, can we can we bring them? Can we bring them? And up? if there were certain areas of America, if not the planet that could use a tail swipe, uh, possibly Washington, D.C. 
just a big tail swipe. Just takes parts, one tail swipe. Parts of Florida. Tail swipe Florida off, off the, off the country. Parts of your home state of Alabama. Fair, fair. Uh, couple parts of Eastern Long Island. <laughs> like I can draw you a map of what what needs the tail swipes. But leave these fun cities untouched. Mm -hmm. But but if if Marth if Mothra wants to do a flat by over uh, Broadway in Tennessee, landing directly into Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk, ain't no really. There, there's no culture destroyed there. <laughs> We're not going to be mad about it. Not at all. Not at all. But yeah. So, so, so is it safe to say you're going to do Son of Godzilla next? I am going to watch Son of Godzilla next. So be ready. Be re you're so gonna, ready. You're going to smile like, much like you did while watching Deep Blue Sea. Yay. Uh, well, I'm smiling like crazy watch, looking at little Manila. Mm -hmm. Like. You don't, you don't know. You don't even know yet. I don't. Once, because question did you get tonks as a kitten yes right you you know how like you know she she learned things little by little as as all young creatures do <coughs> so manila you, you know was not born knowing how to use the atomic breath oh that has to be learned that has to be oh be ready i'm so excited <laughs> what year was that made uh, I want to say either 62 or 64. Uh, 67. You were close. Close. A ballpark, but not close enough. Close-ish. Okay. Oh, I'm excited to watch that one. Yeah, no, it's safe to say I have, I have been converted into a Godzilla fan. Yeah. Um, and I will easily watch 54 Godzilla anytime. Like, just... If it's on, I'm watching it. Right on. Yeah, so isn't it fun to be part of a tutorial? And it is fun. I like... Mind open a little bit. Yeah, I like learning things that yeah. I'm open to learning. <laughs> That's all right. Well, we'll find a couple more. Maybe we'll watch a couple more Godzillas and, and bring you back and do another episode. Because it's always fun to talk about kaijus and smashing shit. It is very fun. Cathartic. Yeah. It is cathartic. That was another part that was cathartic, even though I was really feeling for the for the mm. citizens of Tokyo. It's still just kind of like, oh, God, I wish I could just throw something. <laughs> hey, you, you've been stuck inside a lot. I'm sure you'd like to not just flip a table, just you know, flip over a certain building, like you know, like I hate this gas station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, absolutely. Just, just I don't like, even have a car. Feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I walk by cars and I'm like, it just feels so good to kick a car right now. <laughs> then I just want to kick it. But like for no, I don't. For no reason, uh, it reminds me. Uh, I recently watched Blind Spotting, which was a really cool movie. And there's this one guy who's talking, giving a description of an incident of a fight outside a bar, and he's talking about one of the guys that's instigating the violence like and this guy is all like i hate my dad which clearly <laughs> he wouldn't have been saying during the fight but you can get that vibe and that just came to my mind right oh my god love it 
So in closing, Chelsea, uh, where can the people find it if they want to find it? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Just look up Chelsea Bennington and I'm right there. There you go. You can look up uh, Spooky Doings on Instagram for information about podcast episodes. And you can check out Spooky Doings Improv for when we might eventually do some improv. But there's information about the podcast there as well and fun stuff and stay posted. So for all of our listeners, you know, stay safe, stay healthy. Stay good, stay spooky, and we'll catch you next time.